What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on FanRag Sports with me, Sebastian Noren, Elliot Niblock, and Pauly Questel in the flesh here today. Well, none of us are actually in the flesh. Ah, you know what I mean. At least he's, <laughs> he's not, you know, doing a mobile this, this episode. I'm making my triumphant return after a month. There you go. Yes. That's what uh, happens when United beat City. Yeah, then you show up, huh? <laughs> well done. Yeah, or, huh? or when I come back and I'm like actually back in New York. Yeah, or that. So we'll see if we get some siren action during the recording uh, with the bustling streets of New York in the background and the fact that Polly lives and no, no last to minute hospital. No last minute uh, offers for front row seats at a Ranger game. Exactly, because their season is over. Yeah. It is done and dusted. They fired their coach. We'll see what happens with the Rangers, but we're here to talk soccer. <laughs> fired our coach five minutes after he said, I'm confident I'll be back, which pretty yeah. much I, I only thought that that, would, that that would ever happen to Jose Mourinho. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Except now it's, you know, well, well, we'll, we'll get to Jose's future yes. in a little bit. Let, let's jump right into it. So Manchester United – Pulled off a 3-2 to two win over Manchester City here over the weekend after going down 2 nothing, They came roaring back in the second half. A brace by Paul Pogba, a goal by Chris Smalling, and some excellent goalkeeping by David De Gea. Saw United put a little bit of a damper on Manchester City as they did not clinch the title this week. It's, yeah. it's more than a damper. It... it it just it brought it put all the swagger back on the other side of Manchester. I mean, Manchester United fans are now walking around with their heads held high, and City fans are kind of in the dumps. They just messed that game up and had the chance to clinch against um, against their, for lack of a better term, big brother, the dominant, the one that they've been living in the shadow of for years and years and years, and they had a chance to clinch against them and set a record, uh, break United's record for earliest time to clinch. You know, all that stuff. And United spoiled the party when United were so dead. I mean, they were as dead as can be. I thought the game was over at 1 0, let alone 2 0. Yeah. Could well, yeah, and it could have been 4 or 5 0. I was going to say, it could have been 4 or 5 0, yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, give the ball to Raheem Sterling in front of the net, and you never know what's going to happen. So. Or, you um, know, call a penalty on a handball that's a stonewall penalty and a handball. But, I don't you know. know. He slipped and fell, and. I I don't care. The ball hit his hand in the box and impeded yeah. what okay, otherwise exactly would have been a ball right, that would have fallen at the feet hand. of a goal scorer. What you just said, the ball hit his hand. I the, I yeah. I this, it's a hundred percent penalty for me. I don't I I I don't care. I, nah, I wasn't time. given. You know what? Yeah, it wasn't given, and United won. And yep. as you said, like they. They should be like you guys. All, of course, all the players. They should all be walking around with their heads held high. I mean, none of us think that City are going to do anything but secure the title. You know, they're still going to win it. But yeah, no. I mean, did it, it's so hard to use the language of okay, did they or did they not deserve to win? Right? Like, I think it was a stonewall handball. I also think Pogba should have been sent off. But you know what? I still say United deserves to win. Like, if you come but back... Come on! It was just a little challenge from face. behind. Yeah, <laughs> the little I'm, one. I'm agreeing with you. I, I still think they deserve to win. Uh, but I also, you know, uh, you can't really say that 
because all right, so we found out just a couple weeks ago that no English referees are going to the World Cup this year, and Good. not just at the Etihad, but around the league this weekend. I think we saw consistently just why that is because the English refereeing in the last year or two has been pretty pitiful. I mean, you want you want to say Pogba should have been sent off? Yeah, he made a sliding challenge from behind. Um, didn't really get. Didn't get the ball, but didn't really get the player. But nevertheless, from behind and well, sliding, and, he, and and you're a hundred percent right. Like that should be a red card. But at the same time, you know, Danilo and Raheem Sterling did about a million things that should have been yellow cards. When Danilo finally got his first yellow, he should that should have been his fourth. So yeah, I mean, that's I I agree that uh, that uh, that he probably. I mean, well, in, in general, he just kind of let the game go, right? Like he yes. did not put his stamp on the game in the way that he very much should have. And honestly, he's lucky that it didn't boil over uh, worse than it did. I mean, that the way that the game at the Emirates yesterday did boil over due to poor match management by the referees. And and when push came to shot, and I mean, United, were they were deader than dead. And you guys can test this. I sent you guys a text saying, I hope we lose 8-0. I hope like we just completely <laughs> embarrassed the team. And apparently they were embarrassed because they went to the they went to the dressing room and apparently Ashley Young tore into the guys and Mourinho tore into them. You know, I was at the bar discussing with people like, you know, we were all just like, you know, I found a nice little faction of fans that we were like, you know, if this team mutinies the way that Chelsea did against Mourinho, I'm okay with that. Like if this team wants to quit on this manager, I'm okay with that. But instead, Paul Pogba comes out in the second half and just puts the team on his back and goes out there with such an incredible display. And it only makes you wonder how good of a player he could be if he didn't spend like one hour, give or take, every two to three weeks getting haircuts. (laughs) I thought you were going to say if tactically he wasn't forced to spend an hour sitting back and defending in Mourinho's system. No, 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 no. That, that has nothing to do with it. We all just know that McTominay is a great player because he doesn't drive when, when Papa goes to get a haircut, he drives a fancy car and, um, McTominay doesn't drive fancy cars and he doesn't get haircuts. And that's why he can, he can play the role that Mourinho asks of him. And the reason that Pogba can't really play as a defensive midfielder is not because, well, that's not his position. And his position is a free flowing midfielder that sticking Alexis Sanchez onto the field really prohibits. The reason is because he drives fancy cars and gets haircuts and you don't see Ronaldo getting haircuts. You don't see Ronaldo getting fancy cars. You don't see uh, Messi getting all these tattoos or, or anything. You don't see them. You also don't see them well, paying Messi does taxes. Have a ton of tattoos to be fair. Uh, yeah. I'm being facetious. Ronaldo yes. gets hair. Ronaldo cares more about his body than anything else. <laughs> yes. The six but pack. They also, well, his, also his more than his hair though. They also don't waste their time paying, paying taxes. So, you know, they could only focus on football. And Pog- with Pogba, he pays taxes, he gets haircuts, he drives fancy cars. Can't be a good footballer if you're doing that. Yeah. So the fact that he was able to put on that display while still distracting himself during his off time, you know, when he's not at the training pitch, because he does spend more time than anybody else on the training pitch, simply incredible to think that a footballer that gets haircuts and stuff could have put in a performance that amazing. Yeah. Well, Paulie, do you think we're going to reach a point here where United are going to have to choose... Pogba or Mourinho? I freaking hope that we do, and I hope that they make the right choice. I mean, yeah. it's 
It's absurd. And the craziest thing was, I, I mean, I, get, I don't know if Pogba did it intentionally or anything, but or to make a point like, all right, like I'm back with my club team and my manager doesn't like me getting haircuts, so I'm not going to change my hair. But he clearly made his hair blue and white for when he went to France and hasn't changed it since then. At this point, it faded so much that it was a light blue. It was Man City blue. Yeah, it was. That was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, though, to get get back to your earlier point that you mentioned about, you know, texting us at halftime that you hope the game would end 8-0, is that I think you guys might just get to have your cake and eat it too, right? Because, I don't think we are. I, I honestly, I think Mourinho I saved know. himself with this performance. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced of that. And I think that like the tumult in the dressing room, I, I honestly, I think that that's something that I wanted to bring up the, the, the point that, you know, yeah, Mourinho laid into them, but it was also Ashley Young, right. Taking charge of the locker room. I mean, I don't, I don't think that it is, I mean, what will, we'll, but I would not be in the least surprised if, we get a couple more Mourinho is Mourinho, tepid performances, uh, you know, lesser opposition, nick a goal, take all three points, and then he throws the players under the bus, and then the players say, right, this is the last straw. Now we've had it. Yeah, I, I just have, I have so much, I have so much, I don't want to use the word respect. I have so much, um, uh, I, have, I have so much faith in how petty Mourinho can be and how tepid and boring his teams can play that I still think that the ship of Mourinho intentionally getting himself canned hasn't sailed by the end of this season. Yeah. I mean, that is true. Like this, this was the performance that if you're just looking at it, you could say, okay, like, Oh man, Mourinho saved himself with this. But yes, after the last two months, he's the only actions he's done over the last two months have been, Seem, someone who is seemingly trying to get himself fired. And the other thing is, is, is what I what I discussed. Um, what my fear is, is did he learn anything from this? And the answer is probably not. Like what I what I spoke about in my mobile last week was, you know, you literally just saw Jurgen Klopp attack Pep and beat him, and you're gonna see Jose not do that. And he didn't. He he sat back, and it he was United were terrible. And then in the second half, he said, "Okay, go attack them. Go look. I have Alexis Sanchez. I have Lukaku. I have Jesse Lingard, who's going to run around and do everything. I have Ander Herrera, who's also going to run around and man mark David Silva. I have Pogba, who, if you give him freedom, can do magical things. And I have Nemanja Matić to really keep keep the pace in the midfield." Let's go and attack them. And they did. And boom, the game changes on his head. And the last away game this team played was against Crystal Palace, where they also went down 2-0. And Mourinho said, hey, go attack them. And they did. And like that, they scored three goals. And then what does he do against Sevilla? Let's not, you know, he hasn't learned that, hey, I have really good players. If I let them play to, the, to their strengths, we can be really good. Instead, it's just play my way and... Like, let's do that. And his way isn't working. And I hope that whoever makes these decisions, which is Ed Woodward, who's a buffoon, so this is wishing something on nothing, can see that and say, you know, this still isn't isn't the right thing. And I, I don't want to really go down this, this hole, but when I was in England and they turned the hype machine for the England World Cup team on after their 1-0 win against the Netherlands, what... What, peop- what the media really loved was the fact that Gareth Southgate was playing a new way. 
And it was like a new style for England. And what they were saying, you know, because everybody hated the Southgate appointment. And then what they were saying was, well, maybe the Southgate appointment is good because he's a younger manager. He's not this older manager that's had so much success at the club level playing a certain way that he then takes over a national team and says, you're going to play my way. Instead, Southgate's come in and just said, who do I have on the team? Like, he looked at Tottenham. He looked at Liverpool. He looked at, he looked at Man City. And he said, these are the players, and these are the kind of the way that they play. And he molded a system around that. So that's a good thing. Jose Mourinho is not going to do that. He's just going to go back to playing Jose Mourinho. And even though he has the evidence that he can let his team attack over the last couple of games by beating someone as lowly as Crystal Palace and as good as Manchester City, he ain't going to learn anything. No, that's true. He's very much set in his ways. Uh, Manchester City... They go to Wembley in their next league game as they take on Spurs. But before then, they play Liverpool in the second leg of their quarterfinal matchup in the Champions League. And we'll talk about that and much more after our break here. So stick around. Okay, and we're back. Do we want to mention anything else from the Premier League before we head over to the Champions League? Yeah, that's a losable game for City. They can lose it. They can lose three out of four real easily. And United play West Brom, and I actually allowed myself a second at the bar on Saturday to be like, whoa, we could we could swing another three points this weekend until I realized, oh, then we'd still be 10 down. But yeah. <laughs> but be 10 down and lose the title by 12 points rather than 18. That's a huge difference. That's true. Yeah, yeah I think Liverpool, they've been a little bit, too inconsistent, you know, sort of like we saw United last season when they had a bunch of draws. That's sort of been Liverpool here. They got 10 draws on the season. They're in third. Well, I mean, at the weekend, the scoreless draw at Goodison Park, I mean, that was, you know. Yeah, I, I but that, you know, that was a game that, that was a game that, like, neither team wanted to win. Both, like, yeah. Liverpool went in there and said, hey, we put 11 guys on the field, and um, we just want to get out of here without getting hurt and rest our good players for Tuesday. And Everton came out and they said, ooh, Liverpool shirts are against us. We better sit back. And if Everton were smart, they would have been like, they would have actually looked at the players in the shirt and not the, and not the shirt. Gone for it. Yeah, they just, they saw the shirt and they went, and they just cowered. Yeah, scoreless draw in the Merseyside Derby. And then we also had a draw in the London Derby between Chelsea and West Ham. That ended 1-1. God, I wanted to pick that, and I just I cowered at the last minute. Yeah, Chicharito <laughs> with the tying goal for West Ham in that one. Chicharito has forty-five Premier League goals in his career. Yeah, that's pretty not, good. Not one of them has come from outside the box. Yep. <laughs> hey, he's good at what he does. You know, how many goals yeah. did uh, Rude van Nistelrooy have outside the box? Uh, I have no idea, but I bet it wouldn't be too many. Also very, very good in the box. Yeah, that is, um, so two draws and one win in the three derbies. Uh, Arsenal's game, though, let's talk about that. 3-2 over Southampton. A couple of red cards towards the end there. Yeah, right. I mean, it was was kind of surprising to me that El Neni ended up being the one getting sent off. And I'm still not clear as to whether it was because he, you know, because he said something. I mean, that's what the announcers seem to suggest that it was. 
um, or it was that he deemed to have like raised his hand to a player, but it was certainly on the one hand, I think that it was a little harsh, but it doesn't matter because the referee had already let the game boil over way past what it should have. I mean, you know, Jack Wilshire was the one who intentionally wound up uh, Stevens. I can't. I think Jack is also his first name. Uh, yes. And Stevens threw him to the ground and got sent off. I mean, this was a game in which uh, I'm happy to see Arsenal take all three points. I, obviously, it matters much more for Southampton than it does for Arsenal at this point, given their league positions. But it was just the it was Arsenal being Arsenal. Like they gave up the goal to Shane Long. Mustafi looked like. You know, he looked like a U16 player defending. That goal was comical. Rooted to the spot. That goal was comical, and I can only imagine what United fans would have been saying if that was Chris Smalling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but what was also comical about it is that Danny Welbeck did the most Danny Welbeck of Danny Welbecks in this game. (laughs) He scored twice. I I know, but he still, I, I texted my friend in the first half. He's like, who is this amazing forward wearing a Danny Welbeck suit for Arsenal? <laughs> you know what uh, I found you know, interesting? His, he didn't just score twice, but his flick on for the assist was amazing. But then, of course, you know, he has a sitter in the six-yard box, and he miraculously manages to put it straight up over the bar. <laughs> like, oh, Danny, Danny boy, you're back. And then he scores a much more difficult chance to get his break, of course. Oh, of course. Um, I, just, I thought it was interesting. I didn't watch a lot of this game. I turned it on the first half. When they were, I saw the so so I saw them go down one nil, and then afterwards, you know, they go down one nil. Southampton just sits back, and what I thought was really was really odd, and the commentators were talking about it too. Was Arsenal looked like they didn't know how to play when a team was sitting back against them. Mm-hmm. Everything that they did, every pass, it was like they were they were trying to make really quick passes. So every time somebody got the ball, it was like one touch to another pass. It didn't make it didn't matter. Which way they're if whatever way they were facing, that's where the next pass went, and and it was boom like the passing had to be crisp and quick, but it wasn't getting them anywhere because Southampton weren't pressing them, so they had all this time and space on the ball, and they instead were just using it to make quick passes, so they weren't breaking down Southampton at all. It was like at a certain point, and the the commentators were very quick to point it out, like. Why doesn't someone on the outside, like, why don't you create a 2v1 on the outside? Why doesn't someone on the outside challenge a defender, make the defenders move? Instead, they were just, you know, they would try to pass it into Aubameyang, who would then make another quick pass out. Like, there was no, nobody was making a run. It almost, it almost looked like Van Gaal's Man United, except Van Gaal's Man United would create a two-on-one on the outside and boom in across whether there was somebody on the end of it or not or that was the best option. They just seemed like they didn't know what to do. And then, of course, like as the announcers just kept criticizing them for it, Aubameyang scored. Yeah. But it, the, the point still, like it, it just looked like if you were playing against anybody better, if they just sit back against you, Arsenal didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Well, no, and true. I think that to me, the the biggest thing about that point, Paulie, is that they just it's it's just a lack of rhythm in general. You know, you watch. You watch yeah, yeah. the very best, oh, 100%. you know. Well, and you you watch the very best teams, you know, not just like right now, you know, Pep City, but like thinking back to Pep's best Barcelona team. I mean, that was a team that I was constantly impressed with the way that they could not just the crispness, the quality, and precision of their passing, but the way in which 
they could change the tempo of it, right? That exactly, you know, to your point that if a team is just sitting back and defending, they'll slowly pass the ball around, slowly pass the ball around, and then suddenly you'll get three or four quick passes in succession and then they're in behind. And like that ability to, you know, slowly build up a rhythm and then modulate the tempo is, I think, or at least at its best, it can be truly deadly. And it is something that Arsenal have lacked completely for, gosh, over a year, I would say. I mean, because sometimes they're on, sometimes they're off, but it's not so much a conductor changing the tempo of the rhythm as it is a horn section blaring at one another, hoping that eventually they end up something kind of like harmony. And I think it, it goes on, it goes beyond Arsenal. It's just, what's the, like, if a team's playing like that, what's the point in having good players? It, it's almost like Arsenal, it's almost like Arsenal were like, well, this is how the manager wants us to play, so this is how we're going to play, rather than taking it into a situation. Now, like, if Southampton were actually playing at all, you know, players were attacking the ball and pressing them at all, and I'm not talking about, like, uh, a Jurgen Klopp or a Dortmund high press and super aggressive, just coming out like, hey, we're going to try to win the ball back and then we're going to try to attack you. Like, two teams are going out and playing soccer. Then, yes, playing quick passes and everything, that is definitely beneficial. And had they been doing that, then, yes, Arsenal would have, those quick passes would have picked them apart and they would have gotten guys in behind them way easier. And having good players, you know, when when anybody tries to play against Barcelona – those players, they can move the ball around so quickly because they are so good. But when someone, a team, is just going to sit back against you, at a certain point, you have to say, okay, like the manager wants us to play like this, but this way isn't going to work against this. We have players that are really good on the ball. Like, uh, I don't think Ozil was playing yesterday, but like, for an example, Ozil, or if it's United, Sanchez, or Pogba, or someone to say, okay, like, instead of just playing these quick short passes like the manager wants, like it's time for me to take on a defender and make something happen. You know, like make, make the defender think I'm going to do one of three things with the ball rather than one of two or one of one. Maybe I get by one defender and the next defender gets me, but at least the next defender had to come off of his air, had to move to get me, which creates space. And it just, it, it didn't look like Arsenal were doing that on Sunday and I'm not, trying to say like this is Arsenal like I've seen plenty of teams recently not adapt to this kind of sitting back against them and it fails to break you know Liverpool struggle with this when teams sit back against them at a certain point just Mm -hmm. let your players play yeah yeah okay so a little quiz time here if we look back at the five the previous five uh rounds here which are the top three teams as far as form goes without looking this up Oh, I know Burnley's oh. up there, and I know Liverpool are up there. Um, so I know yeah. Tottenham are up there. Arsenal, so, Liverpool, Burnley, Tottenham. Okay, so no, no, I, Liverpool, order, I believe Liverpool's at the top, but the draw might have hurt them. Um, okay, I'll just tell you. I th- so the, I think Liverpool and Tottenham are the top two. So first is Spurs and United. Oh, five uh, five United. wins each, and then you got Burnley with four wins and a draw. And then you have and, Man City with four wins and a loss. And where's Chelsea? They're like 14th, right? Chelsea are <laughs> way down there. They have three losses, one win, They're and down. a draw. They and, are down. Yeah. Yep. 
So Arsenal within uh, reach here now for a fifth. They're only three points behind. Burnley sitting pretty in seventh with within 49 reach. points. <laughs> Burnley could catch Arsenal. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah. Burnley... Oh, yeah. No, Burnley have been jumping at Arsenal's heels for pretty much the last month and a half. Yeah, nice to see them do well. They picked up a 2-1 win on the road against Watford in the latest game. Let's move over to the Champions League, though, as we got two games on Tuesday. The second legs in the quarterfinals, Manchester City against Liverpool. Liverpool have a 3 nothing lead after the first game at Anfield. Seeing that City now has two losses in a row, what are your feelings going into this one, Pauly? I think Liverpool should be able to manage it. Um, I think City are, you know, Aguero's not 100%. It's what, it is what it is. I don't think City are going to pull this one out. I also don't, you know, Liverpool better not sit back and defend for 90 minutes because City scoring four, don't rule that out either. No, that's true. I, I, did. So, I think you're right, Paulie, but I do think that, I think that Liverpool are going to pull it out, but I think City are going to make it interesting, right? Like I, I see a scenario in which, you know, it's 2-0 City, maybe even 3-0 City, but then if, if Liverpool are smart, again, as you say, don't just sit back and defend, and they try to run at City. All they have to do is nick one goal, and then suddenly that away goal. I think. I think a, si- a single, a single goal right. from and, Liverpool and, and, puts it out of sight. Right, and Klopp is very good against Pep, um, so I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna sit back and defend. First of all, that's not Klopp's style. I, it, you just you do have to remember that City did beat Liverpool five nil at the Etihad this year. Understand that. Uh, you know, you do remember that Mane got sent off in that game, which means they were down Sadio Mane and they were down to 10 men. And then all of a sudden, City just killed them. Yep. So that is in play as, as well. But here's the thing that people aren't talking about. Like, Liverpool's defense, they've kind of figured it out. So them defending for 90 minutes... It might not be the worst thing in the world. And I know we all we all laugh when they splash $75 million out for him. And we say, like, one defender, one Virgil van Dijk is not going to solve your issues. It kind of has. I mean, it's, yeah. an, it's a huge upgrade, but it's still not a defense that's going to win you any championships. No, but I, mean, I, I would say this that... They've got a foot in the semifinals of the Champions League. Now, again, and... You take this, Jurgen Klopp is a fantastic cup manager until he gets to the final. And then it all seems to unravel. But, I mean, you say it's not going to win them any championships. Their second half has been... Um, I mean, yeah, no, they've, they've been excellent. And I think that, I think that he can be the, the centerpiece, like, right? The anchor for a championship defense. But, yes, but the supporting uh, cast until, needs until an they have a well, yeah that's exa- exactly until they have a better keeper between the sticks, then they're always going to be shipping in goals occasionally. Yeah, it's a um, very interesting game though. I mean, since they haven't kept that many clean sheets, but they've their their goals against have dropped tremendously since Van Dyke started playing. Well, that's a big uh, step in the right direction. That's we can give them that. They um, ha- and they haven't they haven't conceded a goal in Europe. 
since Van Dyke started playing. Mm. Yeah. And and they played Porto and City, two teams that put the ball in the net. Yeah, well, they're going to concede a goal in Europe uh, tomorrow, but <laughs> I, I, mean, <laughs> but I agree probably with that, but won't concede yeah. so many of them like, that they're going to also. But also, I mean, we're we're not talking about a defense that has um, that has Alberto Moreno or James Milner playing left back anymore. I mean, they have you know, uh, I know it's the other side, but Trent Alexander Arnold is completely holding his own as players with his potential tend to do, which completely dispels the whole like play that kid because he's young thing, which somehow that's always a thing. And then when you play the young, young kid and they always step up and, and play well, they still hold that against him. Like, oh, but we still have to watch it out because he's young. No, Trent Alexander-Arnold's been good every single time they play him, the same way that Luke Shaw's been good every time that United play him. Yeah. And the difference is that one manager hates hates young kids and the other manager, you know, actually coaches them and make sure that they become good. Yeah, we'll see how that one shakes out. We also got Roma against Barcelona. Barcelona, they have a 4-1 to lead after the first leg. So you're going to need... I'm pretty sure all the other ones are over. Yeah, they are, they're all They're all over. They're all <laughs> over. Okay, well, Wednesday we got Bayern Munich against Sevilla. Bayern holds a 2-1 to one lead. That one's over. Real Madrid yeah. play Juventus. Real has a 3-1 to one lead in that one. And that one's overall. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, I think City are the only team with a chance to turn it around. And although I'm not convinced that they necessarily will, they certainly got the firepower to do it. And I'm going to be happily watching that game tomorrow. I guarantee you that. Yeah, 2.45 p.m. Eastern time kickoff for all the games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, we'll touch on Arsenal's second leg against... Sheshka Moscow in the Europa League as well. This one should also be over, shouldn't it? I mean, it should. It's going to be four to one lead. So, I know yeah, they're going no, to Moscow, I mean, but it's not Moscow in the den of winter. No, and I mean it's it's disappointing that we're going to be without Mikatarian because he got injured from a bad foul in the reverse fixture. It's also frustrating to still be without Aubameyang due to that stupid rule which UEFA has since changed and will no longer be the case next year so wait what yeah yeah no UEFA has uh flipped it and that next year if a player as Aubameyang is played in the Champions League and then his team moves to the Europa League but he never played in that competition this year Aubameyang is cup tied next year that will no longer be the case no but will you still only be able to register one new player Yes, that will still be the case. All right. So, like, so if, if I mean, obviously they would have taken Aubameyang over Mkhitaryan, but yeah. they would have had to make a decision about the two. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but, I mean, it's, it, so, but from that perspective, you know, now we're, well, hell, now we're without both of them. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, Arsenal should be able to get the business done, but I think that the way in which they... They gave a goal. They gave a goal to Shane Long, a man who hasn't scored since I don't know the Cretaceous period. Ah, uh, like, it's not that bad. Yeah, you're right. It was probably the Seb. Draft. He's pretty bad. I mean, Seb, he's pretty bad. Seb, but he was not like that bad. he was old and washed eight years ago. Yeah, um, I think it was actually something on the order of like forty games. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it shows how vulnerable we are and. 
also, it's the thing that I appreciated both about, and you know, we spoke about this on our last show, both about the game against Sheska and even this weekend against Southampton at home, is how, you know, in both of those games, like we had, we went behind, we had an equalizer, right? Like, well, I should say in reverse order. Against Moscow, they equalized. Against Southampton, we went behind, but we didn't let our heads drop, and we went on to win both. Yeah. But Arsenal has also been abject on the road this season, and so that kind of mental fortitude that we saw at the Emirates two matches in a row, are we going to see that in Moscow? If they get an early goal, what are we going to do? Are we going to collapse like we have on the road? Oh, you're a 4-1. In Europe, but also in the league? Oh, yeah. if no, they lose 3 nothing, I'm going to laugh so hard. And Shane Long actually has two you. goals this Hell season. Yeah. Oh, you're up three okay. one, okay. and and you're playing CSK Moscow, which like is pretty much Southampton. Like, no, boo! To, like, no, 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 no. Uh, Remember I mean, I... that the worst team in England is at is you know the bottom of the table in the Premier League is still pretty much up there in Russia. Uh, I, no, I mean, I'm sorry, but either, no. Either way. Either way, you're up four one. You're up four one. Like United went to Rostov last year, and yeah, it was KG and whatever, but like it was never a threat. Like you're, yeah, you won't beat them four one again, but I'm pretty sure you can comfortably get a one one draw in this game. Yeah, you, no, you I can mean, comfortably I, I get a one nothing loss. Yeah, I, they could do that too. Like yeah. I just I don't see. I first of all, I see if you go out there and play any semblance of the game of soccer, you'll score a goal. So. There, there. Your away goal comes back, right, right. I just, I, I don't see you losing three, four, nil. I see. In fact, I think I'm surprised. That... I didn't see the game, and I'm surprised that the score is only four one because the way I read about the game, it sounded like Arsenal blew the doors out of them. Yeah. So no, I don't they, see that I mean, happening could... against you. Well, I, I, I just, I have such, such unshakable faith in Arsenal's ability to make it difficult for themselves. So well, I think they'll win ultimately comfortably. I mean, they'll maybe lose the match. They'll go through something on the order of two to five on aggregate, but they'll still allow a couple of early goals and everybody will be real nervous. And then they'll nick one and we'll all breathe a sigh of relief. And then we'll just crab walk the ball back and forth across the field for the last 20 minutes. I'm hoping for two quick goals by Moscow to make it interesting. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, you can talk soccer with us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Paulie's Pete Quistel. Elliot is Keats was better. We'll talk to you again later in the week. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.